This is the second of the Glasgow and Film Podcast, as we've called them. And the reason, basically the reason we did that is because today I'm joined by Nicola Balkin. Hello. Hello. And we're going to look at her book, um, well, I said the book that you've edited, which is the Glasgow edition of World Film Locations. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about the, uh, about the book. It's a series of books, I take it, that there is. Yeah, it's part of a series um, which is published by Insight Books, which is a small academic publisher down south. Um, basically, they had this idea that was born out of a magazine called The Big Picture Magazine, mm-hmm. um, which is, it used to be bi-monthly, it's now quarterly, um, and it's in print and you can get it as a PDF online. And they had a feature in that called On Location, which right. would look at a specific location within a film and usually just one specific scene that took place there. Um, so the idea was to make a whole series of books um, one, each one looks at a different city mm-hmm. um, so this is part of that series Okay, and what, what, what's some of the other cities that have been uh, um, The first four were London, Tokyo New York and Los Angeles mm-hmm. and have since kind of spread that spread out, out to lots, um, so lots. lots more American cities and also lots more cities around the world right. um, some of the recent ones were Reykjavik um, Marseille, Melbourne and there's quite a few in Asia and kind of Istanbul, places like that as well so all around the world, really. Uh, is Glasgow the first Scottish? It is, city, yeah. And um, there's going to be an Edinburgh book yeah, as well coming that, up in yeah. the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not entirely sure exactly when that's going to come out, but I think it's in the works at the moment. Well, um, just to appease Ian, who probably thought there should be a Greenock and Guruk one, there are Greenock and Guruk uh, films locations uh, in here. Um, I think sometimes people don't realise just how often Glasgow has been on film. I mean, I, you know, love my Scottish films. And there was some there that I didn't know, but especially the Bollywood ones, which mm-hmm. are quite interesting. But even just five minutes from this flat, I was thinking about this. There was Perfect Sense was filmed just around the corner. Yeah. And then we've got the Necropolis at the top of the road, which features in a couple. And mm-hmm. um, what I didn't know was the scene from Ratcatcher, which is just over the back of me there, which has got that yeah. John Donaldson sign in the background. Yeah. And uh, and then you've got a American Cousins and the Barras. And it's... Almost on every street, you could you could see. I mean, you think of that when you go to New York and Los Angeles, but I think a lot of people don't think about that when they when they uh, think about Glasgow on film. So, was it difficult actually bringing the choice down? Was it? Um, I think the choice was kind of made for us on a few occasions. There right. were a couple of films that I would have liked to feature, but we either couldn't get a hold of a decent copy, and there were a couple that we were able to see, but then it was impossible to get stills from the film, which is something mm. that we feature as a photo yeah, of the location yeah. as it is now, and some stills from the, from the scene that's mentioned. So, um, yeah, I think there were there were definitely plenty of choices. Some of them were a bit too esoteric okay. <laughs> to get in there. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, um, I... I these books actually come in two different sites, page lengths. Mm-hmm. Um, one has 38 uh, scene reviews and the other has 44. So I in- initially went for 44, but we didn't quite manage to get all the photos that we needed. Okay. And um, that was usually the main barrier for entry. Um, so we decided just to go for a strong 38 rather than a not quite so strong. Not so quite so strong. <laughs> having uh, that, well, what was that Ali McCoy's football film? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, something like that. Yeah. You know, that, can, that doesn't make the cut. The funny um, thing is, more and more show up that I haven't. Yeah. Known about and some people ask me, you know, if, if there could be a second volume. I don't know if there are quite enough for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's certainly a lot more than people tend to 
have sprung to their minds well, when they think about it. Definitely. I'm a good example, actually, is um, American Cousins, mm. which, uh, if, if you haven't seen it, it's um, a kind of American Scottish gangster movie, but there's a you know, little bit of Bill Forsyth feel about it as mm. well. And, and um, there's a scene in it, I remember, particularly, which is filmed out in these very Art Deco flats out near... Um, just near the motorway, the side of the mm. motorway in the way. And it was supposed to be that they were either in Russia coming back from a deal <laughs> or something. So they just decided to film the whole thing in the one city. Yeah. And, of course, Glasgow recently has become more famous for being uh, uh, for being other places around the world, but still being uh, Glasgow, which we'll yeah. talk about a bit later. But I thought the best way of doing this would be for me to take my highlights out of the book, okay. and in that way we could kind of wander through Glasgow and, uh, and see what, where it takes us. The first and my favourite... Um, a fact to come out of the book was that Oh Lucky Man, Malcolm McDowell's Mick Travis, it's filmed in Berlin, yep. which I never knew, and I've seen that film many, many times because it's supposed to be in England, isn't it? Supposed That's to right, um, but I think Berlin was the only prison that they could find that they could film in, so they had to kind of come north of the border for that. And um, it was actually one of the contributors, Jez Connolly, that came to me and said, Oh, how about this film here? And I had no idea about it, probably mm. just because it was that one scene that was filmed here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a very imposing location. It's phenomenal. It's great. Because, I mean, you know, Berlin has peer- appeared in, in quite a few films, mm-hmm. but this very iconic image of Malcolm McDowell coming out, to think that, you know, there'd be folk in and around Berlin going, There's Malcolm McDowell, <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, but the place I wanted to start was, because it's interesting why you chose the locations that you do, because they're very specific locations. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you, you must have had, you come up with difficult decisions as to which ones you were going to take. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to just another Saturday. Um, and you look at when you, a, the central character leaves the flat. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you decide that that was the place that you wanted to to uh, concentrate on if you like? Um, well, for the most part, the scene locations were actually chosen by the writers who wrote the Oh, right, OK, scene. that's interesting. Um, so there were some that I really wanted to include, um, but then there were points where you know, the Botanic Gardens comes up time and time again. Um, yeah. Some films I was less familiar with, and um, it was actually the writer, Helen Cox, that, that selected that particular area. Um, I think <coughs> I was just drawn to the fact that it was just such a kind of rural, gritty, kind of real part of Glasgow and I, yeah. I really love the locations that you're less familiar with like that because they are the kind of places where you go oh Absolutely. I've that you see the, 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 the water cooler towers mm. that's in the background is really yeah. iconic if you go out that uh-huh. way and if you know that part of Glasgow at all it does it, it moves from um, you know, you've got the park and the Hoggenfield Glock and stuff, and it moves from that to being really... You've got Easter House nearby and all of those areas. It's a bit like in uh, Comfort and Joy where he drives, you know, the, the the ice cream van goes through the rabbit hole, if you like, and ends mm-hmm. up in this part of Glasgow where you can see over the whole of Glasgow, but it's yeah. very... It's a part which isn't often filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a lot of areas like that as well, like the Necropolis, and there's, there's other kind of graveyards and tops of hills where are filmed all the time and mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time you can almost mix up which is which yeah um, and some of the locations were actually quite difficult to find uh, fortunately that one wasn't so bad <laughs> um, but yeah there's there's definitely a lot of areas that you don't think of as cinematic yeah and um, one film that I really wanted to include but it wasn't out yet at the time was Angel Share yeah. there's that amazing shot um, down like the Shettleston Main Street okay yes um, which is somewhere that I drove through quite a lot as a kid because yeah. I grew up in the East End and so like going through the bus towards the forge yeah it was just it was amazing to see that on a cinema screen. Yeah, I know exactly where I used to go running uh, quite a lot around there and uh, 
know those streets very well. Um, just another, it's interesting you say that you didn't want to repeat yourself, and mm. now that seems obvious. Yeah. I didn't think about it when I was reading through the book, because the scene I remember from Just Another Saturday is the real-life footage of the end of the Orange Walk when they're in Kelvin Grove Park. Yeah. And it's, if you've never seen it, it's absolutely astonishing. Mm-hmm. You know, people that are... F- at the time, apparently, the, the Orange Order said, yes, we'd like you to film so people can see that it's a celebration mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. And, oh, man, did they shoot themselves in the foot? It's mm-hmm. just incredible to see. And that actually, um, later on, a, in that sinking feeling, you've got the, again... It's Mary Hill Road, isn't it, that the, the, the scene in the book, I think mm. it's on Mary Hill Road, but the scene I really remember from that sinking feeling is him again in Kelvin Grove Park up the top eating mm-hmm. his cornflakes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how... It's interesting that the writers themselves decided to pick it because yeah. that does make sense because I could never have, have actually come up and said, yeah, that's the one I want to do mm-hmm. from all these films. Yeah. Well, I guess you could probably do a version of the book that was just entirely Kilgrove Park, Botanic Gardens, and Acropolis, because I think they appear in quite a few of the films. Well, and then Acropolis brings me to the, the, the next film I wanted to talk about, which is the uh, Death Watch, the mm-hmm. Bernard Tavernier film. Um, I hadn't heard about that until about five years ago, maybe, mm-hmm. and a friend of mine who teaches French said, well, you've got to see this film, yeah. and was just absolutely blown away by it. And if you haven't seen it, it's Harvey Keitel... Um, and oh, what's the actress's name? Romy Schneider. Uh, it's it's set in the future, but it, it's set in. It was filmed in. It was set in 1970. Yeah, I think so. And it's real. Glasgow's obviously um, the place to film dystopian futures because yeah. you know it's really the the rough and ready parts of Glasgow in and around the gobbles of the time and um, before they were regenerated, and. Um, and then they go out, out to the country and there's this more mm-hmm. tranquil part of it. But it's interesting that, that people chose to film in Glasgow and still do. Uh, um, f- not a blank canvas, but almost a slightly frayed canvas. They seem to want yeah. to use it as, a, as this backdrop. Um, and it goes on to that idea of, of Glasgow being different things to different people. Locations that you maybe haven't... You, you don't see that often, but often you're talking about filming on the streets of Shettleston or you've got, um, well, Sweet Sixteen's a good example, you know, in, in different parts of uh, Greenock, which I think perhaps the local council might not want people to see on screen. Um, did you find that there, were, there was a difficulty in, in balancing the view, the, the images of Glasgow that there are? Um, I think it all came, kind of came together in the end um, without too much of my knowing, I suppose. Um, there were definitely areas that I had in mind at the beginning that I definitely wanted to feature. Um, and then, you know, the, the writers were all quite intuitive about which areas they thought would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's their book as well. It's, it's kind oh, of absolutely. Their, their view of Glasgow, my view of Glasgow. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, there is a lot of stuff that happens in the city centre, but then it was important to me as well to include a kind of Port Glasgow and um, Cumbernauld, because I think they're just about as much Glasgow as you can get. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, very west of Scotland, and there's not going to be a world full of locations in Guruk. <laughs> so, <laughs> the best will in the world. I <laughs> <laughs> thought that was, that was fair. Um, and, you know, like you mentioned to me earlier, the Gregory's Girl clock, you didn't yeah. realise that that had been moved. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was kind of a nice way to tie it in as well, was that it was kind of gifted um, from one city to another. Uh, that was my second favourite uh, fact, because I always thought that it was filmed 
in St Enoch's, the old St Enoch's, and it was under the clock there. But actually, it's it was yeah, it was given to Cumbernauld as Cumbernauld's this new town, and it was yeah. given, um, which is an interesting uh, uh, thing to talk about itself because with Bill Forsyth, film, well, with that sinking feeling to Gregory's Girl, you went from this really run down um, on the whole uh, area of Glasgow to the new town, the shiny mm-hmm. new town of Cumbernauld, as it yeah. was. And it showed Scotland, a part of Scotland that really hadn't been filmed before. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed you didn't have Gregory's two girls. <laughs> no. What, what's quite sad about that is you do see that Cumbernauld, and like many of the new mm-hmm. towns, kind of, you know, lost its shine very, very quickly. Um, in, this, in Gregory's two girls, in the same housing estate, and, you know, things are overgrown, and there's cracks, and it's, it's just a bit depressing, really. But... Um, well, I was, of course, glad that you included Gregory's Girl, but there is something about that film. It's not just mm-hmm. that it's um, a positive Scottish comedy, which is quite rare in itself, but it's, you know, it's sunny, and uh, I, I mean, I can't think of it rains at all. It's, it's something quite um, unusual even now to go back yeah. and watch, even though everyone's seen it. I do wonder if they just got really lucky with the filming days. Or yeah, they were... Probably. <laughs> Very probably. Um, or the new towns are just always sunny. I don't think that's true for one minute. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think... Yeah, it, it seemed to... I mean, Gregory's going to hit a, a, um, a chord, not just with Scots, but really kind of around the world. And, it, it, I mean, it's the closest, I think, Scotland could ever come to do, having, making a kind of John Hughes movie mm-hmm. in that way. But I wonder if... if or somebody once said to me, well, we've never been that positive again. I don't want to get down that or poor us. But, <laughs> I mean, The Angel Share is an interesting example. Yeah. Um, I think not perfect film by any means, but it, it tried to have a bit of kind of positivity and yeah. humour in it as well. Yeah, it definitely had the, the dark Glasgow humour in it. I really enjoyed it for that. I thought the Glasgow stuff was the best stuff in it. Yeah. I think when they went out and, you know, were spotting the Highland cows and stuff, it got a little yeah, bit... a little bit silly. A little bit silly. <laughs> um... So, well, let's talk about another uh, first Forsyth film. In Comfort and Joy, I'm almost amazed that more is not made of the Clyde itself. Mm-hmm. There's very few films in and around the Clyde, um, considering the, the history of it and now the regeneration of it. Um, the scene, and it's, it's a classic scene that's in the book, mm-hmm. is um, where Dickie Bird is, is down on the Clyde side, it's still recognisably what like it is now. I think it's yeah. down near the bridge, isn't it, the Kingston Yeah, bridge? it's just to the east of the Kingston yeah. Bridge. Yeah. And he's um, trying to come up with his investigative journalism and then suddenly just starts asking his girlfriend Maddie to come back to him. And it's a beautiful <laughs> scene. And it's a great, great film. Yeah. Um, but did you think when you were looking through the book yourself that, well, there's parts of Glasgow that maybe, you know, you said botanics have been used and there's obvious ones in Acropolis that hadn't been used that much. Um, I think the furthest east really got was um, Hunter Street in Deniston. Um, yeah. There wasn't a whole lot made of kind of that way or up towards Springburn. I suppose, well, there's Red Road, which was fairly recent yeah. Um I think the uh, a lot of the time it's the newer films that really are pushing out into mm-hmm. kind of further away areas and really exploring like what it's actually like to live in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even there's a film, what's it called again? 
Do you want to do this all the time? <laughs> the other Jordan guns, John Sinclair. Oh, get on the picture. Um, yeah. Which I hadn't. Fact number three. I thought was I haven't seen this for years, and for some reason I thought it was filmed in London. That's how un Glasgow the film is. Uh-huh. I saw it once years ago, and I remember not. I think I loved Gregor's Girl so much that I, I can. Well, this isn't as good. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see it again, and it's hellish and difficult to get a hold of a copy. Um, yeah, I had to get a copy from Park Circus. All right. Premium rate. <laughs> <laughs> um, because there, there's just there's no copies floating about. They yeah. had to make me a licensed copy. Um, uh, but yeah, there's a bit in that where the girlfriend takes a kind of scenic tour of the West End, cycling from Highland down to the university. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was a nice wee like taste of Glasgow, although it doesn't feel Glaswegian. I wouldn't say. Yeah. Well, I think that's right. It doesn't feel Glaswegian, which is probably why my memory, I don't remember it as mm-hmm. being Glaswegian. Although that was a funny one, because I was looking up the um, the photograph shop mm-hmm. where it all kind of takes place, um, and I was literally on Google Maps <laughs> with my mum zooming around going, it must be around here somewhere. Um, and they've actually built a train track over the top um, quite nearby, um, so it was quite difficult difficult to find but then I finally found it and phoned them up and they were like yep that's us we're in that film <laughs> that's in Highland isn't it yeah I think I, I recognise the blue of the uh of the outside of it mm. but I, so it's the train track the train track's on the other oh, side the other side of the road oh. kind of towards where the camera is it's one of the great things about the book I should say is there's lots of fantastic pictures and every location is accompanied by stills um from the film and stills as it is um today uh, I one which just happens I'm opening and I don't I don't know the film but I remember Taxi Driver a taxi driver telling me about Charlie Sheen being in Glasgow <laughs> at which I cannot tell the story yeah. but it involved him ending up in uh, Easter House okay. a post-mortem have you, are you aware of this yeah. film? Um, I'm aware of it from Edison piece. I don't think I've actually seen it but um, yeah it's definitely an interesting one is that one that says it's in Glasgow I don't remember now um, ah gosh I I it doesn't really say. It says, you know, using the formidable architecture of Glasgow before Christopher Nolan decided to. But I think that, I mean, the architecture of Glasgow does lend itself to some really str- wide and varied films. And I know you've written, I should also say that it's not just um, locations and films, there's also essays. Five or six, maybe. Yeah, there's six essays. Um, which look at different aspects of it, including the history of cinema in Glasgow, which is yeah. a great one. But the one that you've written is on Glasgow being um, a backdrop for films from, from all over the world. Um, probably the most famous recently would be World War Z or Z or whatever. But uh, mm. just go through a little bit the history of, of that. Um, well, yeah, it's mostly a recent thing. There are a few films that are kind of set in America. I think Postmortem might be. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, just this past year, it seems like we've become the new Budapest. Or the new Is Prague. that down to finance? Um, I think it must be. Um, I, I haven't, you know, I've, I've read up about it, but there's very little to be said about exactly why they're coming here. Um, definitely got the architecture that can be kind of disguised. Uh, there's actually one um, Bollywood film in there as mentioned, that chooses uh, George Square as Trafalgar Square, which is one of the less convincing ones, I have to say. Um, but, you know, Glasgow's been dressed up as Philadelphia for World War Z. They used um, the kind of hilly area around Montrose Street for Clyde Atlas. Yeah. And um, it's actually on the trailer, you can see the kind of car crash yeah. in the corner. So that was 1970 San Francisco. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just a really convenient place to come and kind of drop off your crew 
dress <laughs> and then away you go again it's a shame that they don't stick around more but maybe mm. there's there's kind of more of a call for an infrastructure for that now I th- well I think I mean for eight, for decades Scotland seemed to lose out where you know mm. the films that were supposed to be in Scotland set elsewhere um, being filmed elsewhere um, one I remember uh, which is the Danny the dog yeah. which is the Jet Li um Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, Bob Hoskins. Uh, <laughs> Ian's looking here as if you're making this up as you go along. No, really, um, I've, I can lend you a copy of it. Yeah. Uh, and I remember that well because Jet Li and uh, uh, Morgan Freeman came into the restaurant I was working in at the time. It's like, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's God. Um, but it, it's inter- it does seem to be more and more, more, more recently, but. Uh, I mean, you can't think of what what was the earliest example. Do you can you think of? Um, Danny the dog was a fairly fairly early one. early one. Yeah, I mean, I suppose in Death Watch is it named as being Glasgow? And they're all um, pretty much no, Glaswegian, did not it? Yeah, I don't think it really specifies exactly. I think it was more of a production narrative. Yeah. Bernard Trevernier saying everybody said I would get snapped, stabbed, but I came anyway. <laughs> is that a quote? Well, <laughs> um, pretty much <laughs> paraphrasing somewhat. But he did. Did Scarlett Johansson not say something vaguely similar, like well, everyone's a drunk or something? Yeah, well, <laughs> she was in the news pretty much every day for a week, saying that she oh she's that nice and sleazy, she's at this bar, she's at that bar, and then made these comments about Scottish people being drunk, so it seemed a little bit too convenient yes. to be honest. Right, right. But it was quite funny. Um, I remember a couple of examples of, uh, in fact, one which I just saw recently, uh, of Trafalgar Square. They filmed, a f- it's a terrible version of film, but it's called Stone of Destiny. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And some of it's filmed in London because mm-hmm. obviously they steal the Stone of Destiny. But they obviously um, decided they needed to film some stuff afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, particularly putting the stuff into the car. So um, didn't, have the money or the will to go back down to London to do it and actually filmed it in the car wash car park around the corner from here <laughs> so you go hang on and it does kind of spoil your you know suspension of disbelief when you kind of see these things you know, it's funny you bring that up because we actually had a piece about that um, but we couldn't pinpoint exactly there was a point where they went to a bar and we couldn't pinpoint where the pub was oh I could I could have found it I think it, it was in the West End yeah I think it was, but I know that John Comerford played the barman in it, mm-hmm. so I could probably have found that out. Really. Um, and the other one, uh, recently, quite famously, was the the wee man, the Paul Ferris mm-hmm. film, where it's obviously filmed in London. A lot yeah. of it, you know, the Governor Hill Inn is, is <laughs> got you know London flats round about it, but that apparently was because Glasgow City Council thought the Paul Ferris story wasn't going to do much for tourism. I don't, you know, have they not seen a sense of freedom? Have they yeah. not, you know, these... Um, well, that moves us on to an interesting period of Scottish filmmaking, and it's still going on, which is the kind of link with Denmark. Yeah. Um, on the back, you've got uh, a still from Wilbur Wants to Kill Himself, which is a terrific film. I think yeah. it's a really terrific film. Um, again, the bookshop is the pet shop, which is just down the road from here in Salt Market, mm-hmm. which must have been stinking for them. But... Um, uh, and, and some of it's filmed up in the necropolis, yep. but and there's a piece on on that, isn't there? A kind yeah, of link between a is it just Denmark or is it in Scandinavia? Is it... Um, well, the the essay actually focuses mostly on the uh, what's it called the Advanced Party Project, yeah. which is um, with Lars Montier's studio, and um, so that was Red Road and then Donkeys and now 
I think there's going to be a third one. Yeah. But I haven't kind of read anything about that no. particularly recently. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting time. It gives more of a European film feel to the films. And, um, you know, something a bit different as well, you know, it's kind of, it's good contrast with the kind of Hollywood stuff that comes and goes, yeah. because these are films that are very much set in Glasgow, um, and definitely feel like they're taking place in the city, and, you know, they've got this kind of backing from... And they seem to share, I don't know, I mean, I don't to make too much of this, but we spoke about this on a recent podcast with Joe Mango talking about um, influences coming from... Uh, Scandinavia in terms of music mm-hmm. and there does seem to be something shared with a the sensibility I mean there's a darkness and weirdness about a lot of the films mm-hmm. I think Donkeys is a great example yeah. um, where you have characters who aren't particularly likeable as your lead characters <laughs> but yet you it's a difficult thing to pull off but yet you're kind of on their side yeah Maybe it's only a matter of time till we're all running around in woolly jumpers. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm waiting for the Glaswegian Borgen or something like that. That's what yeah. we need. I'm surprised they haven't done it now. Yeah. Um, they called Baz, though. Bat. <laughs> a, a famous film, again, that was Glasgow was used as... In fact, perhaps this is the earliest example. Um, a lot of train spottings filmed in Glasgow. Yeah, a lot of interiors. Um, yeah. I wasn't actually sure if we were going to include it, but Scott Jordan Harris came along and said, hey, let's do a piece on train spotting." Mm-hmm. He's editing the Edinburgh volume. And I said, well, I don't want to step on your toes or anything. Yeah. And he was like, no, totally, we'll have it in both books. Yeah, I think so, it's a big enough film. Um, that, and it was, uh, in fact, I remember um, I was going to a gym at the time, which was down in Glasgow Green. And a, oh gosh, I can't remember the name, but it's basically for recovering addicts. And they'd been used to kind of teach them how to, <laughs> to uh, successfully, you know, um, do what they had to do. Um, so it was, and they were really proud to be involved with this mm-hmm. film, and particularly with uh, Bobby Carlyle and uh, and Ewan McGregor. Um, so it, I think there's there's nothing wrong with with you know sh- using the full spread, you know, using Greener Kangura right through to the and that isn't as far north. If you're going to you know use Scotland as a, I mean, I have to say this is not just for people from Glasgow. This book yeah. it's for people who love film. Scottish film, but just film in general, because you know there there is there are uh, um, pieces on on films which uh, House of Mirth is an interesting one. Yeah, definitely. Now, that was the Gillian Anderson movie, yeah. um, which now, now what is the location right, that you used? Um, we used the Theatre Royal, which is it, it was actually a kind of hybrid scene because they used the yeah, steps of the Kelvin Grove for the ex- exterior, and then mm-hmm. they used inside um, of the Theatre Royal for inside which was um a kind of i think she's going to the opera yeah um but there was some stunning locations in that film and um, my dad has a few stories about the kelvin grove and having to move a stuffed elephant or something like that <laughs> for them for the filming because they kind of took over the whole outside the kelvin grove for a couple of weeks or something um so yeah it's a really interesting one i think it's kind of nice to see you know, Glasgow being classy. it was a, exactly <laughs> i remember that at the time because they used the city halls as mm-hmm. well i remember and uh it's it's a really underrated film. It's yeah. Tim's Davis movie and a uh, Dan Aykroyd's in it and um, Gillian Anderson when she was trying to get away from the uh, X Files and yeah. things like that. And there's an amazing shot as well, which is included in one of the essays, which is of uh, down by Kelvin Bridge, uh, where they've kind of CC or what's the word? They've um, 
CGI'd it up to make it look like a train station mm-hmm. and I think that looks absolutely stunning yeah there you are well there you are <laughs> <laughs> we didn't need the camera after all you um, yeah you know take a picture of that while we're uh, chatting away and while he's doing that let's talk about Ian's hometown of uh, Greener Kangura and down that way um, the two you've got in very very different films yeah. Sweet 16 yep. and you used the the caravan park uh, right. for there but I mean there's lots of uh, interesting locations there yeah, loads, yeah. and um, Dear Frankie which is a film I have to say I haven't seen oh really is it uh, the only one you haven't seen <laughs> 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 no no I know there's plenty but I, I haven't seen that one mm-hmm. um, and it's Gerard it's our friend Gerard um, is he sensitive in it uh, he is, yeah. He's, well, he's kind of, um, he doesn't want to be sensitive, but he turns out being sensitive. I just, I saw a trailer recently <laughs> for a film which he's in where he plays a kind of, I'm using the word soccer because it's yeah. in the States, a kind of a soccer um, teacher, coach is the word, probably the word. Yeah, I think he's kind of a, a washed up old star. I think he, I've, I've, I read somewhere that he, he told the filmmakers that he would only do it if they, they said that he used to play for Celtic. <laughs> So, See, that's the demand you can make yeah. when you're a top star. Uh, funnily enough, it did strike me as a kind of similar role. And this, he's playing somebody's... He's taking the place of somebody's dad. He's not really his dad. Um, but in Outside Bet, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. No, be. not Outside Bet. That's not right. Something like playing the odds or something like that. <laughs> Against the odds? Some, something Against the odds? Um, yeah. And <laughs> um, that, he's playing a, a dad that doesn't want to move away. So... It's kind of opposites, but yet sort of similar at the same time. Um, and all of that was filmed out in Guruk. Yeah. Um, there's some lovely shots of Inverclyde in that film as well. Well, it is. It's, a, it's quite a contrast to, um, from what I read, it's quite a contrast to Sweet 16 and perhaps my favourite, um, it's actually play for today, so it's not technically film, it was never released on the big screen, but um, just a boys game. Have you ever seen that? Because with Frankie Miller playing the lead role in it, Wow. It's uh, something else. I can never work out whether he is absolutely brilliant or really terrible. <laughs> There's something great about a performance <laughs> yeah. like that. You know, is he just playing it deadpan or is, that, yeah, is he absolutely terrified of the camera? <laughs> but um, I think you're right. You know, these if you hadn't included uh, Green at Good at Cumbernauld, places like that, um, it certainly wouldn't have been as interesting, I think, a, a, yeah. a book. I think probably the biggest stretch was Mulgai for the Monty Python film. <laughs> <laughs> which was another one that Scott Jordan Harris had suggested I didn't realise it was shot quite so close to here but I thought I think we can take ownership of that cause the campsy fails yeah it's a, it's a nice kind of inland um, and we got some lovely shots of that as well with the kind of clouds rolling in so I was quite pleased with that in the end I've just noticed in the stills from it that it says first Zulu War 1879 and in brackets Glasgow yeah <laughs> and is, I can't remember is that in the film yeah <laughs> oh well that's a Touch of class. Yeah. Um, so, in, what were the restrictions on people when they came to? Obviously, it had to be, you know, they had to justify it being mm-hmm. kind of Glaswegian. But was it? Was, did you think? Well, if you can justify it, I'm happy to. Yeah, pretty much. Was um, there any you had to say no? Um, there's none that I can think of now. I think kind of Cumbernauld and Mugai were probably the furthest we got from yeah. kind of Glasgow proper. But you know, it's. It's a diverse city, and there's yeah. you know there's a lot going on on either side of it, and I thought we need to capture some of the kind of natural beauty as well as the the dingy city stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think well, I hope we got away with it. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, there's a, it's a really a wide picture of a city. Mm-hmm. 
You know, so it's like, it would be a great travel guide. I can imagine, maybe this is just me being sad, but going round the, the places and kind of ticking them off. Oh, that's absolutely something that the series editor Gabriel's all about. He loves the idea that anyone, you know, there's space underneath all the photos. He loves the idea that anyone will go up go about and make some notes and oh, kind of have a look at things for themselves. Oh, I love that. Well, I think, you know, that is a couple of days off work. Uh, that would be definitely a thing to do. Yeah. And there's some tours going on as well. I think uh, University of Strathclyde does some tours. Uh, Neil Simonton, who wrote the piece about the cinemas, does a tour. Um, and there's Cinema City stuff going on all the time. Okay. So it's a good time to get in on it, I think. Definitely. Take that as your guide and tell everyone else about it. It does say in the Dear Frankie piece that there's people that go and uh, tour around... Uh, uh, Dear Frankie fans I'm going to have to watch this I just love the idea of Dear Frankie it sounds great um, well uh, an interesting film that shows perhaps the, the old what you're saying the kind of familiar if you like uh, Clyde Sideism urban mm-hmm. kind of despair if you like is um, Lynn Ramsey's Ratcatcher yeah. um, but it also has that wonderful shot where he goes through the new through the window frame is it to kind of the newer housing estate and there's this promise of a new um, way out again kind of reflecting moving from inner city Glasgow to the the, the new towns and the, the kind of hope that that brung that brung that that brought <laughs> dear me I know <laughs> oh dear um, and it does seem that if looking at the book as a whole you can see the change in the city mm-hmm. I think particularly where it struck me from well I mean Death Watch is a good example but particularly from um, that sinking feeling to well there's a couple of David McKenzie films I want to talk about because he, he makes the city look very different but um, I'll, I'll talk about the, the, I'll talk about uh, Perfect Sense first because I think that that's filmed in and around this area Merchant mm-hmm. City and it doesn't hide away from showing the kind of the restaurants and the which is, which is still quite rare to see in yeah. a Glasgow film. Yeah, definitely. And I just love how much the city has changed. I mean, I live in the city centre and I walk down to Hill Street. You know, I haven't been out for a few days and I go past and I'm like, where did that shop come yeah. from? Um, and I think that's really reflected in the book. I mean, even you know, Red Road was only filmed a few years ago, and now half those flats are gone, yeah. demolished half of them. So you know, even now it'd be you know, if somebody went out today and took a picture of Red Road flats, it'd look very different than it's yeah. in the book, and those were only taken a matter of months ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's very kind of lots of rises and falls, I suppose. Yeah, there are certain places which haven't changed. I think the Necropolis is, a, for obvious reasons, <laughs> is a classic example. Yeah. Uh, and you know, someone could film there if a film was set in the 17th century or up to date. But yeah, there's the, and again, going back to uh, Perfect Sense, you had Ewan McGregor cycling along, you know, newly paved streets past, as you said, probably coffee shops, which are, again, already not there. Mm-hmm. Um, Even the, the shop where Brad Pitt got the sandwiches is about to close, I heard. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> if you can't keep going without yeah. Brad's... Uh, <laughs> Brad sandwich. The Brad sandwich, yeah. I think people want a literal Brad sandwich. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Problem. Uh, see, and then Gerard, Ke- Gerard Kelly, Gerard will want one as well. What's his second name? I've totally forgotten his name. Butler. Butler. I hate you, Butler. <laughs> um, I don't really. Uh, David McKenzie actually is interesting because he filmed with Perfect Sense and I think with Young Adam mm-hmm. two very very different uh, versions of Glasgow in fact I know people that watch Young Adam it's, it's, when, it's probably my favourite Mackenzie film um, that didn't recognise that that was Glasgow yeah. partly because of the, the the locations it was done on the on the canals the canals yeah, yeah. 
I forgot we even had a canal <laughs> until that thing popped up. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. And it's really, it properly uses them, you know, a working canal. Yeah. There's a great scene where they're kind of using their feet to push the, the barge away from the sides and, um, and it's all shot through this lovely kind of sepia, it looks like it's damaged film. It's a, I think as a piece of film, it looks mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, and I think that's interesting that people are finding new ways to film the city because mm-hmm. it does change but there's certain landmarks which you know remain the same and I think finding the new places I think Ned's is another good example mm-hmm. it's a recognisable idea that there are gangs in Glasgow of course yeah. there are but the, the, the places that they filmed them in were in, I didn't recognise them and also the way that they shot the film as well the way that Peter Mullen shot the film as well made it look I love the fact it goes from this optimistic sunshine and then suddenly mm-hmm. there's this darkness uh, yeah. develops through the rest of the film and that's the the uh, picture on the cover of it. Um, it's quite interesting actually if I did my reading of a cover mm-hmm. that you know, <laughs> one guy's about to jump off <laughs> and one guy and, and we've been faced down by a, a gang but yeah. let's not. Someone actually suggested that we should have recreated the Ned shot with all the contributors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a Christmas card, isn't it? Yeah, that definitely. definitely. But, um, yeah, we actually we had the covers both way round, um, and I kind of did a quick straw poll, and I got some mixed results from it. And even now that it's printed, some people have gone, maybe you should put Wilbur on the cover. But I thought it's not quite as recognisable. No. It definitely looks like Glasgow, but... I don't know if it's as well known as Glasgow Film, and also somebody pointed out that the gallery looks like it's on fire because it's quite red uh-huh. behind him, and I thought that was maybe a little bit too I depressing. think that's maybe too depressing for the cover mm. of it, yeah. And, and I like that it's light on the back and dark on the front. Yeah. And, you know, I can see, I can see Keir Hind, actually, in the role. It actually does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, you only spit up a picture of that and then Keir's face next <laughs> Uh, let's go right to the future then I, I did have 10 I was looking at kind of my 10 favourite bits and then it became 11 and it almost became 12 and 13 um, you've got Doomsday in the book mm-hmm. now, Doomsday's a mad film anyway but um, Glasgow particularly um, a George Square and Queen Street Station I think it is mm-hmm. is overgrown um, Scotland's been kind of cut off from the rest of uh, the UK, the rest of the world, basically. Um, they built the wall and the whole thing. And now they are now showing signs of life. And it's it's wonderful to see. Uh, there's a They go up Ingram Street, if mm. I remember rightly, and it's all overgrown. And then they go into um, George Square. And then they kind of find their way into, I can't remember if they're captured or just go into Queen Street Station, mm. where there is a group of... I suppose you'd call them cyberpunks if you wanted to. <laughs> Cannibalistic cyberpunks who are into their uh, ska music mm. um, are going to uh, kill them. It's it's an interesting way of the, of the future use of, of Scotland using recognisable. I mean, they won't be recognisable to everyone, but uh, I think it's nice that someone said, well, instead of making it all CGI, let's make this kind of very recognisably a, a place with the city halls and with uh, Goma mm. and all of these things. I think that's what makes things so eerie when you see it in a film like that I think if you you know they do those pictures um, where they take lots of pictures of the LA freeway and then they match up all of the kind of empty spots and you can see it completely empty and it looks absolutely insane and I think it's the same sort of thing with this where you know if you saw Goma kind of crumbling or even just that area with like half the lights falling off the strings or whatever like it would 
feel very kind of post-apocalyptic. It is. It's I don't a, know if that's a reflection of the architecture or the weather. Or <laughs> probably a bit of both. I think it really works. Um, well, I think I want to finish off. We usually ask uh, our guests uh, kind of five questions, and I'm going to keep these filmish. Okay. Um, because since these are the second of our film podcast, so it's very, very easy. Is the first is your favourite film? Uh, my favourite film is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Excellent. Which is a fairly recent one, but yeah. um, I think people started to talk about it more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing Hannah McGill and someone else were having a conversation about it, saying how well it's aged, even though it's only yeah. like seven years old. Um, but yeah, I just love it. It's. A, do you think it's? I think it might have suffered when it first came out mm. from the Jim Carrey and even from Kate Winslet the kind of reputation that was going about at the yeah. time. It's very unfair. I mentioned it to someone the other day, and they were like, "Oh, I don't know about Jim Carrey," and I was like, "I completely forget that that's a thing because yeah. it totally worked for me." So yeah, maybe people will start revisiting it now that they've maybe got over the Jim Carrey. Yeah, but fact that that's Jim Carrey. <laughs> I, I thought it was terrific the first time I saw it, yeah. and um, it, it is one. It is a film. I, I I don't go back to many films these days. I'm mm-hmm. always kind of looking for something new, but um, that is one which I do yeah. go back to. I screened it at the GFT recently, and it was like a thirty-five mil print, which you obviously don't see yeah. much anymore. And just seeing how it aged over the last years, it totally worked. Ah, well, this, uh, following that up then, I take it's not going to be Jim Carrey, but you never know. <laughs> Favourite actor? Oh, I don't know, actually. Hmm. Quite partial to James McAvoy. Right. Even at Glaswegian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, tell you, is there any McAvoy films in here? Um, is he in any films? He doesn't really play a Scotsman very no, often. No, I can think of his very first film role, because I went to see it in the cinema, and it's called Dark Room. David Heyman um, directed it. Uh, oh, it's quite depressing. Um, it's not Liam Neeson in it, David. Adrian Dunbar's in it, I think. I'll have to look it out. But he, I think it was his very first film role, and I think it was the one where David Heyman had gone round the schools and said, you know, I'm, and, and he had ended up playing this kind of young guy in it. There's a clip on YouTube mm-hmm. of him um, in it. Which is worth checking out. But uh, yeah, he hasn't made a lot of stuff in, in playing the Glass Region, has no, he? No, the most recent film he's in is called Welcome to the Punch, and he's kind of raw police Englishman, kind of you know, rough cockney sort of thing, which was just bizarre. And then Peter Mullins in it as well, so that's clearly the reason. Oh, why I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it wasn't very good, but you know. I think McAvoy is a very good actor. Um, we were trying to come up recently, we did a Robert Burns podcast, and we're trying to come up with our ideal Burns if there could be such a thing mm-hmm. for on screen because there hasn't been one for so long yeah. and uh, I think we decided that McAvoy might not be a bad shout yeah. although maybe yeah as he gets a wee bit older he might well be a yeah. good shout I'm sure Johnny Depp would love to do it he does an alright old school he does he does <laughs> um, James Barry uh, did. Yeah, yeah that's James right he plays Barry yeah um, Scottish film Considering, now you're yeah, not going like to annoy anyone. <laughs> I said, well, why did you pick my film? I feel like I need to pick one that's in the book now. Hmm. 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 I don't know. Nothing's like springing to mind hugely. Well, you can pick one. I don't know, I'm just one. totally blanking now. <laughs> You really don't want to offend anyone or that. Maybe you're too close to Scottish film after going through this. And I, I hope you're not thinking, well, they're all dreadful. You know, <laughs> I would probably have to say train spotting, even yeah. if that's like a really typical choice. No, I think it's a, I think it still holds up as a, 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 a... I mean, it's an incredible film. I think sometimes 
the further away you get from it, people forget just what an impact it had. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was um, doing a bit of tutoring at, at Glasgow, you get people coming to study Scottish literature from, from Poland and from Japan. We had because actually not because they read Twins in the book, but because mm-hmm. they'd seen the film and then maybe gone to the book and that kind of thing. It was a, it was a massive impact. Yeah, definitely. I was far too young to watch it when it came out. I just remember the poster, <laughs> and then there was like a boys' own poster that was like in the style of the train spotting one, and I, d- I didn't understand it at all. At the time, but yeah, I think it's quite funny. Yeah, I, th- I think recently when they did Ecstasy and the fact that they basically did the poster shot for sure, I thought mm-hmm. oh, it was too much. Too much. Um, oh, yeah, well, you kind of. You've, you've been to the film festival, yeah. you've seen quite a lot of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. What's your tip of the festival? What would you think? Or if it's when it's coming out, something that we can look forward to? Um, well, there's one which was on tonight, it might be on again later in the week. It's called Village at the End of the World, which right. is a documentary about this tiny village in Greenland. Um, and it's just utterly fascinating. Just okay. one of those, like, just completely different life than you could ever imagine. And it's dark three months out of the year. Um, it's a director called Sarah Gavron. Um, her husband's is it, is it Dutch or Danish that go to Greenland to their own up. Oh, I would. You know what? I'm afraid I don't know. Anyway, it's a. <laughs> you mean the Greens don't own it themselves? Yeah. Oh, so, um, yes, yeah, so Sarah Gavron. She she goes over you know several times out of the year and kind of catches up with all the characters there, and it's just just quite fascinating to see a completely different kind. And has she been filming it over a, a long period? Yeah, of time? it was over about the period of a year. And um, a, a factory just closed down in the village, and so they were kind of trying to work out how they were going to survive that. And you know, it's a village of like less than seventy people. Um, so yeah, it's just really interesting. I, I love going to see documentaries during yeah. festivals because I think that's the best time to see them. And, and sometimes you just won't see them anywhere else. Um, I think it's been, as a wee side, I think it's been a particularly good um, festival this year because the balance has been, uh, you know, from the the. the big blockbusters I mean yeah. I could have done without the Avengers and stuff like that being on mm-hmm. but the, the bigger films and, and interesting places as well talking yeah. about locations you know they've got um, Chris was wanting to go and see the Joan of Arc in the cathedral and there's mm-hmm. a couple in the tall ships I didn't realise in fact I think it was Sean that said that Dead Calm is going to be on the tall ships which mm-hmm. is a tremendous idea um, and finally before we let you go um, well, your earliest kind of mem- memory of cinema or as film or something um, like that? My grandma used to take me to the cinema sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember her taking me to see Beethoven, the movie, the one with all the dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she promptly fell asleep and snored the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know how to make her stop. <laughs> so that was kind of my over... I remember the dogs kind of running towards the screen and I remember her snoring her head off. Um, that's probably my abiding memory. memory. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember going to the cinema and going to see, oh, that was a Disney film, was it? it would it be The, Bo- the Rescuers? And um, my dad falling asleep and me watching it twice, we sat through it the second time, right? Because they didn't come and get rid of you, it was great. Um, well, thank, thank you so much, Nicola, for coming along and doing this. And I really recommend um, Glasgow World Film Locations. It's a tremendous book for anyone interested in film. And um, we will see you next time with uh, somebody new. Cheers. Thank mm-hmm. you.